What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Welcome back to another episode of Call Her Daddy. I have been getting tagged every minute of the day. Alex, have you seen Uncut Gems is trending on TikTok, on Twitter, on Instagram? Did you see that? Netflix changed the name of the actual movie to Anka Gems. I have seen it. I think it's so funny. People think I live under a rock. They're like, Alex, guess what? I know. And I'm here today to tell you the behind the scenes of Anka Gems. Also, everyone wanted an update. Yes, Julie and I have spoken since the infamous ghosting. We've been DMing. The best part of it is, Julia, shout out. I fucking love you. At the end of a conversation we were having, she was like, oh my God, babe, by the way, just so this never happens again, here's my number. And I was like, no, Julia, I have your number. I texted you. I texted you. Maybe you need my number. But anyway, so all good with Julia. Back to Gems. I'm not going to lie. When I initially edited the Julia Fox interview, my team and I decided to take out the infamous question and response. And if for some reason you have not heard it, this is the clip from the interview. Would you, because everyone's like, would you consider yourself Ye's muse? Yeah, a little, maybe. What is a muse? I mean, I was Josh Safdie's muse when he wrote Uncut Jazz. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, things like that. So that was not going to be in the episode. Can you fucking imagine? I almost deprived the internet of one of the most viral moments of this year so far. Imagine a world without Gems. I am fucking living for people like Cara Delevingne, Ashley Simpson, Shay Mitchell, Bethany Frankel, Miranda Sings, everyone doing impersonations. Loud Luxury making a remix, playing it in clubs. This is my wet dream. And to add a nice little cherry on top, I personally don't manifest. I don't judge those that do because I'm about to. I need to see La Gems on the stage of SNL. And I would personally like to request Pete Davidson. Pete, impersonate me, please. Put on a blonde wig. Let's see you do La Gems. I also want to be so clear, Daddy Gang. Like people are like, people are making fun of her the way she said it. This is incredible. This is a dream for Julia, for me, for the show, for fucking the Safdie brothers. How do you think Julia Fox feels right now? Who's talking about her breakup with Kanye? No one. Who's talking about Uncut Gems? Everyone. What movie is trending on Netflix right now? Uncut Gems. Netflix changed the fucking spelling of an Adam Sandler movie because Julia Fox is trending on the internet. Julia is thriving. She's a bad bitch. I think it's fucking hilarious. And I think people like to look into things deeper than they are. Like, it's a pretty cool moment for Caller Daddy. The amount of impressions and clicks. It was cool. I even got an email from Spotify's PR team telling me that this Uncut Gems clip is the top performing podcast clip of all time. I mean, that's pretty fucking dope. So thank you to everyone that's listened to the episode. And if you haven't, Daddy Gang, go make a duet to the sound on TikTok and please tag me because I've been watching all of them. And more importantly, let's use our power here, okay? And let's also tag SNL to the point that they cannot ignore us. They will know who the Daddy Gang is by the end of this fucking Wednesday. And hey, SNL, if you do want me to come and play myself, I'm available. Okay, I'm moving on. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with Sparkling Ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants. Iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor. Sparkling Ice. Anything but subtle. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? 
Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. So let's do a little life update. I have some news. And I know I've briefly touched on this in the past. I, for the past year, have been very adamant about not moving in with my boyfriend. Why? There's so many reasons. Let's break it down. Well, I guess first I'll say I'm moving in with my boyfriend. Woo! Now let's get to like the sad part to get to the happy part. So when I moved to Los Angeles, I moved here with Lauren and we got our own house together and Mr. Sexy Zoom man. And can I say it's Zoom as in Zoom call when you're on a Zoom video chat? Why do people think it's Zoo? My boyfriend does not work at a zoo. People are like, does Mr. Sexy Zoo man? He's not wearing cargo shorts and he's not taking care of the dolphins. He's he's a it's Zoom. So Mr. Sexy Zoo man lived like four minutes away from my house and it was really convenient to see him all the time, but I loved that I had my own house. Then Lauren moved and she left for Chicago. She said, fuck you. I hate your guts. I'm leaving. (laughs) Sad. But Lauren did what she needed to do and she moved to Chicago. And when she left, I... And I honestly believe it was for the best because Lauren and I were leaning on each other so heavy post her breakup, me moving out. It was a big step for both of us. And when Lauren left me, I feel like I was kind of like hit in the face with like, whoa, I don't have any fucking friends in L.A. And I want to make friends in L.A., but I don't even know where to start. And so it's almost I think it really benefited that Lauren left in a way because the two of us were leaning on each other so heavy that we didn't need to go make friends And her leaving opened my eyes to what I needed, which was a friend group. And so I could have easily, when I think about it, immediately just moved in with my boyfriend. That would have been the easy thing to do. Lauren leaves. I don't want to be alone moving with my boyfriend. But to take you guys back, last week I talked about this and some of you guys DM me being like, can you elaborate a little bit? I talked about one of my ex-boyfriends that I had lived with in New York City. I moved in with him. And my entire life revolved around him. I made friends through him. Even my work network became him. And when we broke up, I had no one. And I literally had to rebuild a friend group. It was really fucking hard. I remember in one of the um, the Hannah and Paige episode, Paige had said, like, let's normalize going through periods, not having friends. And I think that maybe we all get nervous to accept that because the clear obvious answer is like oh you're a loser that's not the case a lot of times things happen situationally when you're in your 20s that prohibit you from having an immediate close friend group and it's really fucking hard to get yourself back out there and try to rebuild it's exhausting if you have social anxiety if you have any type of anxiety like it's hard so I remember that feeling feeling so alone in New York and I kind of almost had that feeling again when I was in LA I'm alone I have a boyfriend but that's not a girlfriend. I'm not going to get drinks and gossip with my fucking boyfriend every week. Like I need my girl time. So when Lauren did leave after about like coming up on the year mark with my boyfriend, he did ask me to move in with him. And how did he do this? He basically knew my um, lease was coming up in my house and we were, it was over drinks one night and he just was like, Hey, I want to check in with you. I know your lease is coming up and I want to make sure you know where I stand. I would love for you to live with me. Obviously, that's the goal. I want to spend the rest of my life with you. I love you so much. I would love for you to move in and us to take that next step. I had a panic attack. I texted my therapist. You need to call me right now. And all of my anxiety around commitment just like hit me straight in the face because I'm sitting with the most healthy relationship I've ever been in and why do I not want to move in with him and little did I know it was so healthy my gut reaction not wanting to move in with him I think what what I was feeling was 
Yes, of course. I met my boyfriend. I love him. I I do eventually one day want to move in with him, but it's not the right time because in order to have any type of sense of self and any type of chance to really be independent in Los Angeles and make my own friends, there's such a difference. If I'm going to fucking drinks and meeting people with my boyfriend on my arm, like no, then it's our friends. Like I need to specifically carve out boundaries. Like he has his friends. He grew up in LA. He has everyone in his life here. I have no one. So I think that was my mindset of like, I just don't feel independent enough. And if I move in with him, it'll be a codependent situation. I won't feel the need to go out and make friends because I'm home with my boyfriend. It's a Saturday. I don't have plans. Oh, I'm home with my boyfriend. That feeling is so different. If you're alone in your apartment or alone in your house, you don't immediately be like, oh, I'm with my boyfriend. You immediately like, I wish I had girlfriends. And so I, I wanted to make myself lean into the uncomfortability of not having friends in LA so that I forced myself to make friends and not to just lean on my boyfriend. Because down the road, I also knew that's going to be so fucking unhealthy for our relationship. Every time he goes out with guy friends, I just sit on the fucking couch like a loser. No. So... I spent the year in LA and I got myself a house. And at first, I will be honest, now I can talk about it because, you know, I have boundaries with my boyfriend. We always said if we have any type of argument, let's give it enough time where we heal the wounds before you go broadcast it to the world. So now we have healed those wounds. And I will tell you guys, we had an argument when I when he asked me to move in and my follow up the next day. I said, can you give me a minute to think about this? And it was the next day I came back to him and I was like, I love you, but I'm not ready to move in. And and truly, I hate this saying because if someone said this to me, I'd backhand them. I'd be like, fuck you, you liar. But this is the truth statement. It's not you. It's me. He's like, go fuck yourself. I feel like I'm in a call or daddy episode. You are. Um, but it was true. I was like, this has nothing to do with you. You're sitting over there and I can't wait one day. Hopefully it'll work out, but I got to work on myself right now. And in order to do that, I have to have, I need to create the boundary that I need my own space. So I get myself a house, barely sleep there. You know, I get really scared at night. So most of the time I still sleep with my boyfriend, but that that's not the point. I still have every day I'm at my house. I'm alone. I have alone time. And then I started making friends and I want to normalize to everyone that it could be even if you're trying to get out and date or you're trying to be, make new friends, putting yourself in social situations. It's hard sometimes to want to put yourself out there rather than be with the people that are comfortable, safe, and you don't have to try for. But then you're not also growing as a person and growing in other areas of relationships. So I first want to normalize. It's really fucking hard to make friends, especially in your fucking 20s, because everyone's got their childhood best friend or they've already got their group. And so you're the odd man out trying to fit in places that maybe it feels forced almost like and I feel like the same goes for dating if you're trying to get yourself out there after a breakup and you're like if I go on one more date I actually feel like I'd rather die like I feel so alone it almost like amplifies the loneliness when you go on that awful date or when you go on the drinks with the girlfriend the new girlfriend and you go home I can't tell you the amount of times like I've cried after those type of moments because you're like I didn't even have fun I feel like I was so not relaxed the whole time I was trying so hard and I, it felt so forced. Like, I don't want to do that again. And I'm telling you right now, I had so many moments like that, forcing myself to go to drinks with a new girlfriend, forcing myself to go to brunch with new girlfriends, forcing myself on that Friday that I made the plans to not pick up my phone and text the girl and make up an excuse and cancel. It went against everything in my body. I am such a fucking homebody. I love a good Netflix and chill by my fucking self, okay? My best nights are when I get so fucking high by myself, veg out on food and watch Netflix. Literally couldn't be happier. But when you do that seven times a week, you're gonna get a little depressed. So slowly after the third hangout with a friend and then we did another one, 
slowly I got more comfortable with these girls. And slowly I started to be able to open up and be myself a little bit, trust them a little bit more. And I started to push through the uncomfortability of putting myself out there, not wanting to get dressed up, not wanting to have go have dumb, forced, awkward conversations. And one day, and I know this is like the most, I wish I could give you like a tangible like timeline, but I'm telling you, it's like all of a sudden one day it didn't feel forced. And I am now sitting here today and I feel like I didn't even think it would be possible. Like I have a lot of girlfriends in LA now. Not a lot. Like I'm like overwhelmed. Like who am I going to pick on Saturday? Like no. But like I, I have made such good girlfriend connections. And that was the plan. That was what I knew I wanted to do by continuing to live alone. And I knew I was not going to do that if I was living with my boyfriend. So I do that for a year. And then all of a sudden, it was like, honestly, it's crazy that I'm even saying I'm moving in with him because it happened so fast. So it was, I'm not kidding you, like three weeks ago, I'm sitting on the couch with my boyfriend and I'm just thinking about how I'm ready. I have established my independence in LA. I feel good about where my career's at. I feel good financially and I feel great about my relationship. And the next step naturally is living together. And so we're sitting on the couch having a wine night. He doesn't even know what's coming. And I I don't even say the words like, I think I'm ready to live together. It was the most me thing. I'm like, so I feel like I just like, I have no closet space here. Like making a joke, obviously deflecting, being awkward. And he's like, I've given you two bedrooms. Like what? And I'm like, I just feel like, I feel like we could, start looking at houses because I really want to make a space ours. Cause mind you, we're, we're always at his house, love his house. It's beautiful, but it's not mine and it's not ours, you know? So I make this comment about my closet space, fucking bitch. And he being him, cause he's so mature was like, is this your roundabout way of saying you're ready to move in with me? I like pick up my glass of wine. I like walk into the kitchen. I'm like, yeah, I think so. Guys, I still have work to do. I'm not a fully functioning adult human yet. You know what I mean? I still have awkward moments in these combos. And I said, yeah. And so right after that, my boyfriend was like, okay, let's start looking at houses. This is so fun. And I will say, I I really commend him for his patience because I think we can all admit like it's not easy dating. And it's not, it doesn't, even in the early dating phase or the, you know, serious phase, like everyone has their little quirks and weirdness. And I know my partner knows I have these commitment issues and I'm not very affectionate sometimes when I want to say something like that. And so he now knows me well enough to be like, so you're trying to say you're ready to move in this amazing moment that it should have been of like, baby, I have something to tell you. I'm ready to move in. Let's get a house together. I'm like, um, so my closet, like Alex, I'll talk about that in therapy, but so we are officially moving in together and we're going through the house hunting process and it's fucking crazy daddy gang because there's so many things. What? Number one, being an adult fucking sucks in so many ways, but I will say younger me had so many dreams of everybody knows, You grow up in your house or an apartment or wherever you grow up and you have these things that you dream of having one day in a house, right? Some girls, it's a closet. Some people, it's like, I want to have a bathroom in my bedroom. I know it sounds dumb, but it's true. Like you have these fantasies of what your dream house would be. And I feel so excited that I may be able to check a couple of those off in, in a house, right? I also think for me, and I know I've got a lot of women listening to this podcast. Financially, it's really rewarding be able to say, I'm going to be splitting this house with my boyfriend. And I first also want to say, I have lived with a boyfriend that paid the rent and I was the one that could not contribute. And both dynamics can work. I want to say that you don't need to be this woman that's like, I'm going to pay for the house and I'm going to split the rent. Of course, to some people that means something to other people. It's like, if you want to fucking have your boyfriend pay, totally fine. And I'll go through those dynamics. But for me, and I think everyone should look inward, this means everything. And I think there is a part of me maybe that did wait to sign also on a house with him because I knew for me 
And what means a lot to me is I wanted to financially be in a place where I could contribute or pay for the whole damn thing myself. And that's been a pretty cool moment because Slim Shady, I've talked to you guys about this before. I graduated college. I said, goodbye, Boston. Hello, New York City. And I didn't even have a fucking job. You can't live in New York City unless you're like a trust fund baby without a job. But I had a rich boyfriend. And I can't explain to you the emotional toll it took on me. And I didn't really realize it until after the breakup of like my self-worth took such a hit by living with someone that held over me the financial disparity between the two of us. It made me feel inferior. It made me feel I needed to provide way uh, this is so fucked up but like I felt like I needed to provide so much in the bedroom because I felt guilty that I couldn't pay in the rent department ladies do not throw the pussy just because you can't pay equal in rent that is something I've learned it's fucked up but like that is just something I felt really awful about myself and I was aware of it and I never wanted to feel that way again so it's cool to be able to now move forward and, and do this for myself now that I'm looking at houses, I'll keep you guys updated because house hunting is fun. Um, I will say the one thing that I wanted on my checklist was to have a safe room because guys, someone will kill me one day. I'm terrified. So I was like, is there a way to get like a safe room in this house? So that's my, if girls are like closet or I'm like safe room, but it's been really fun. I just got back from actually looking at a house that was so cool and I'm excited. When to move in with a partner. What is that moment? What does it look like? How do you know you're ready? How to have the conversation. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Some things work so well. It's basically magic. Like my favorite highlighters that I'm like, wow, how did you all of a sudden make me look glowing? And you know what else really works, Dottie Gang? Shopify. It is a global commerce platform that helps you sell. I've seen a big difference in my online merch sales. They are especially good at turning browsers into buyers. I can see someone that's been on the site but didn't check out or someone that checked out and then is revisiting the site. Like if you want to grow your business, Daddy Gang, sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash unwell, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash unwell. Like literally, what do you say? So first, let's go through that. The hard part is when one's ready and one's not. Do you have a clear indicator? Have you guys ever talked about it? If you're just like chilling on a Wednesday and you're like, babe, want to move in? And he's like, what? But if you haven't and you want to broach that topic, I think bringing up lease timeline is always good. Like, hey, I've got six more months left on my lease or hey, I know I just signed a new lease and I've got a year there, but using the rent discussion as like the lease timeline helps broach the topic and not be awkward of like hey do you want to move in together I think the things to discuss before moving in together this is like a huge thing sometimes people rush into it and it literally is the reason a relationship ends which is really fucking sad because I do think there can be proactive measures you can take in order to be ready to move in my boyfriend and I have talked about like finances. I, I knew about his, but we, we needed to have a conversation. And so for the first time, we were like opening our bank accounts in front of each other, which I would say you don't need to do that unless you're buying a home. If you're renting, though, you need to know what your budget is. And is this person going to be able to make good on rent every month? But that does sort of entail the semi-awkward conversation of how much money do you make a year? And it's not being nosy. I know people may be like, oh, I don't want to ask. Well, no. First of all, number one, can this person afford it? And number two, what is the fair split of rent? Do they make more money? Do they make way less? That's a key component to deciding how much each of you is going to pay. Do you think you should only move in with someone if you know marriage is a possibility? Absolutely fucking not. You could be 22, fresh out of college like I was. Living with someone helps progress the relationship in a way that truly 
You cannot get any other way. You can go on a hundred date nights in a fucking month and you still will not be able to fully see a side of someone until you live with them. And it's so exciting, but I would also say, daddy gang, please, as great as it can be, it's a big ass decision that requires a lot of thought because once you're in, you're in. And also once you're living with someone, it's much harder to walk away from that relationship. My experience living with my ex, Slim Shady, I stayed with him because I didn't, I didn't have anywhere to go. I didn't have another option. If there was an apartment waiting for me, I would have left, but that's not the right reason to stay. It literally reminds me of Lauren. Lauren had a little bit different situation where she was with her boy. Honestly, let me just call her because she's going to explain this better than me. And we haven't heard from her in a hot minute. Sexy. <laughs> I'm podcasting. I need you. Oh, oh, hey, Daddy Gang. Okay, so first of all, tell the Daddy Gang, like, are you okay? How are you doing? They miss you. Oh yeah, because like you don't have they social- know nothing about me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't see, dude. People still on Instagram will be like, um, your friend blocked me. Can you tell Lauren? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know what I did. I'm like, no, she doesn't have Instagram anymore. <laughs> Um, I'm alive. I'm well. I'm thriving. Um, I'm visiting you next week. It's going to be fun. Okay, so I'm talking about moving in with a partner. And I know you don't currently live with a partner, but we're we're taking it back old school to your ex. Sorry, sweetie. I'm talking about like when to know to move in with someone. And I was talking about kind of how I stayed with Slim Shady because I literally had nowhere to live. Can you talk to me about your decision to live with your ex and your decision to re-up on a lease after a year with your ex. Explain. You're like, fuck. (laughs) Fuck. My friends literally still give me shit for this. So the relationship was kind of like in the shitter and like on the downcline heavily. And a big thing is we would never spend alone time together. And I would always be hanging out with him and his friends. And like, we just had like, I'm a big quality time person. We were spending like no quality time together. And I was like, if we move in together and we have to see each other and live together, we'll be forced to hang out with me and that will fix all of our problems. Um, so lesson learned, do not move in together to fix problem that is fucking huge lauren because i will never forget so before lauren moved in with her ex we were living in the 301 yeah i was living with you and i remember like you guys had gotten like some fight and, like you were really upset one week just being like i just don't know like he's not treating me whatever and the net verge of breaking up with him and then you come home one day and you're like i think i'm gonna move in with him and i lived with him for a year in our first new york city apartment and it's a very small apartment. So in my mind, I'm like, it's small. Like, it's just too small for two people. Like, if two people are on top of each other this much, like, th- it's going to cause issues. We need a little more space. Wait, so you we were justifying why why year one wasn't as glamorous as you thought? Because you're like, the square footage is prohibiting us from thriving. Uh-huh. So we get a COVID deal and we get a bigger apartment and we sign a second lease. And I'm like, all right. And then I start, like, buying all this new furniture, like, really, like, upping the feng shui of the apartment and being like if we have this perfect apartment how can anything be wrong with our relationship so that dude also sorry guys if you hear there's a um a leaf blower happening it's not my fault i live in la it's every fucking day no wait lauren i remember that too because at the end of year one you were also having huge fucking issues and you were like remember you literally when when you signed up for year two i remember all of us were like yo she's lost it oh my like i had friends get like mad at me like friends were literally mad at me and they're like i i I'm mad at you. Like, I don't, I can't continue to watch you to like self-destruct your life. And I'm like, oh. but I think that's like so much. I actually like love that you're being honest about it. Cause I think it's so relatable. Everybody can relate. You can draw things out longer than they should last because you justify and you try to look in the positive of how, well, if we do this, then this will happen. So for you, year two was psychotic. You start buying furniture. I remember you coming, you'd be like, I am decorating my place so fucking cute. And you guys start, you oh, guys it start. Was cute though. You have to it was cute. So can you explain the process though of like splitting furniture and stuff? Yes. Yeah, so we move into the new place and it's bigger. So we have to buy a ton more furniture than we had. And like, we're decking it out to the T to the point when like I started realizing, like I wanted to break up with him. I'm like, fuck, 
I just spent thousands of dollars on furniture. And I started making an Excel spreadsheet of how much money I would lose if we broke up because like we, we split everything evenly. And like, I knew if I broke up with him, he wasn't like gonna give me back the shit. The most iconic day, Lauren comes over to my apartment and she starts talking about how she's freaking out. She's seeing it. She should end it. And she literally looks at me and she goes, but Alex, I can't break up with him. We just bought this art piece. We split it and it's so expensive. I said, Lauren, wait, are you telling me you're you're not going to get out of a relationship you're unhappy in because of a piece of art? She was like, I know it sounds so bad, but like, I get it. You were stressed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I was buying the shit to like, kind of like convince myself and be like, okay, I can't just run away, put all this money in here. And it was like a, it it was kind of like how people always throw, like when people are like, oh, they throw money at the problem. Or like when people are like, if I get this one outfit or if we go on this trip or the worst is if we get married, then yeah. this will stop. When people have chronic cheaters and they're like, but if we get married, then he will stop cheating because now we're, and it's like, oh my God. Daddy gang, PSA, moving in does not fix and solve problems in your relationship. It causes you to ignore them. It causes you to stay longer and it causes you to lose a lot of money on some artwork. Dude, so where is that artwork now? Did he keep it? Yeah, he does. Oh. Like, sometimes my friends will be over there and like I'll catch a glimpse of it in like some pictures they send me. And I'm like, fuck that artwork. Yeah, it, it does pain us a little bit, but we're, we're moving on to bigger and better. I think also if you could quickly touch on, because I remember you used to talk about it, how like people think playing house, like they like the idea. And so then like that's what makes them excited to live together. And they're like not living in reality, which was kind of you for a hot minute. Oh, for sure. Like I remember like we got like a meal kit service and like, I would like come home and like I would make these like nice little dinners and then we would sit at the dinner table and eat them and not talk about anything and then like sit on our beautiful couch under our beautiful painting and like watch a movie in this comfortable home and like go through the motions of life in this like nice space that like I had curated and like that allowed me to like dissociate you know classic and like distract from like we're not talking. We're sitting here in silence and going through these motions in this nice space and like prolonged it more and can like trick you. We're not having like, we're not screaming at each other right now, but like we're not connecting or talking or having sex. And just because someone's a good roommate does not mean they're a good partner. Fucking preach. You now have such insight into the next time you live with someone, it's going to be so different. I'm, I'm also so glad that I made that mistake younger than like making that mistake and rushing into it like where I'm at now in my life like yeah. the next time I move in with someone I'm gonna have like a checklist and we're gonna sit down and like <laughs> I'm like okay ready for your move-in interview oh wait last question I know you paid less than your boyfriend did that affect the dynamic of the relationship um yeah I felt like he I see no, there's obviously no problem, boy or girls who, whichever way it slides or falls, who's paying more, who's paying less. But like, you have to have that conversation once. And it's like, you have the conversation once before you decide to move in. And it's not a continuous conversation. Like we, you agreed and you signed a piece of legal paper that with this agreement and we had this conversation and we don't need to speak about it again. Like I don't need constant reminders that I'm paying less because then I feel the need, like I did feel the need to like come home and make those elaborate dinners. I did feel the need to like do his laundry here and there. I did feel the need to like yeah make up for it in other ways. And like, that's unhealthy. And like, I feel like if you're ready to move in with someone, like I don't even see it as like, Oh, I'm paying more. Like I, I, this is what I can do. And I'm so excited to live with you. Like this is a one-time conversation. That's such good advice because I remember, Lauren, also, it was like you were paying what you could afford and he was paying what he could afford. So like through his salary, usually it's in New York, it's like max you should spend like 30% of what you make in a year. And for you, you were doing just that and he was doing that. If anything, you were overextending a tiny bit. That's another thing. Like hold firm. Like, no, I'm not comfortable spending more than this. If your partner pushes you like, no, no, like, we could get this like no like then they're kind of using you a little bit and like now I see that and like makes me a little angry to think about that like yeah 
no, like you know, you knew exactly what I made, sir, sir. Yeah. And I would have been a lot more comfortable, like spending a few hundred dollars less a month. Pick your number before you, before like looking at places and like hold firm to your number. I think to daddy gang listening, you have to live in your means. And if your partner makes more money than you, then they should be paying more rent than you. It's insane to expect people to pay the same amount if you have different incomes. Yeah, and I just think if you want want to pay a different amount, a different amount, like for a real relationship, there should be like no power. Like no one has the power like holding over someone's head. Like, I love that. That's like the signs of like an abusive relationship. Like I feel at times like I had to ask permission to have friends over when he didn't have to have that same courtesy because like he paid like double what I paid. Uh, I, oh, is it fine if like I have friends over? Like no, it's it should feel like equally like for it to work, it should equally feel like this is my home too and daddy gang i'll let you in like a little secret if you don't have these conversations and you're having all these blow-up fights and you live together and you get in a fight you can't go anywhere you're stuck in the house with them you can't walk out and leave so fucking true you'd have to like one of you sleeps on the couch like it's like yeah. what the fuck yeah oh the amount of couch sleeps that we rotated it's like all right we're another fight who gets the couch this time That's why it's like, it sounds glamorous living together and it so is if it's the right person, but having these type of conversations prior is imperative in order to have any type of hope for success and for you to just be happy. Yeah. I think it can go so well, so great, but it's a big decision. You're signing a legal document that you're bound to with your name on it and breaking a lease ain't easy. Trust me. I tried. Yeah, we did try that. Okay. I love you. Thank you for coming on. The daddy gang misses you. Love you. Bye. Bye. I love her. I feel so happy for her just knowing, like, again, these are the moments in life where it's like when you're in it, it fucking sucks. And when you're out of it, it's so um, incredible to see Lauren learned so much from that experience. And it goes back to what I said last week of like knowledge is power. And if you find out something about someone, even if it's hurtful, you still gained information and you can now do what you want with it. Same with a living situation or a dynamic with a partner where like you put yourself in a situation that maybe fucking sucks but in the moment it hurts but when you have that hindsight you're like oh my god I can't wait now Lauren's like excited the next time she gets this boyfriend she's gonna be like if we ever get to that point we're ready to get in our um living situation Lauren's gonna probably be the healthier one coming into it being like I know my boundaries I know what I want I know my limit I know my that we need to figure out financial etc so it's like there's so much positive daddy gang you should be so excited and just want to get closer to your partner and take that next step when deciding to move in it should not be a hail mary and it should not be a last ditch effort to save the relationship And if you can 100% honestly say it has nothing to do with an insecurity, me wanting to be closer to the person because me having anxiety on Friday nights that I don't fully know if we're not hanging out and they're at their apartment, I don't want that they're doing, I want better surveillance, I want to be closer, I feel insecure when we go the whole day without talking. Like if you can genuinely say you're doing it because you're excited and it's just the next natural step, then I would say, baby... It's time to move in. All right. So it's sexy time. I feel like a creepy old man. It's sexy time. You guys ready? I feel like I haven't talked about sex in a hot minute. And um, I want to share a little story. There's a lot of times I see people writing in of Alex, how do I make, you know, how do I get lingerie and surprise my partner? And I'm always thinking it's fucking straightforward. Put the lingerie on, go into the bedroom and fuck your partner. But I had my own little hiccup, as you would say, the other night. So I wanted to surprise my boyfriend with some hot lingerie. I got this red lingerie situation, which was really hot. It's like it was like a bralette cho- and it had like a choker at the top, but then the bralette was completely open at the tits. So there was just underwire underneath my tits with nothing covering my tits. So it was basically just underwire under my tits, making them look fucking pushed up and fabulous. And just my nipples were out ready to be fucking sucked. <laughs> I was like, I forgot caller daddy does this sometimes. Yeah, we're here. 
So I have that and then I have this little garter and then it goes down and I have thigh highs and the whole thing is red and it was sexual. Okay, so my boyfriend had been so fucking stressed from work. And so I was like, I'm going to do something nice for him. Spice it up in the bedroom. I take the lingerie and I run up to the bedroom and I put it in my nightstand side. And I'm just one. I know once I get upstairs, I will take it out of the nightstand, run into the bathroom, put it on while he's like in bed. We go upstairs. We're getting ready for bed. We've had a couple cocktails and he showers. So I'm like brushing my teeth, kind of waiting for him to be done showering. He goes back into the bedroom. And as he's going back into the bedroom, it's go time. I start putting on the top. And all of a sudden, I hear my boyfriend be like, oh, shit, you know what, babe? I think I need some of that lotion you use. And I'm like, I have half of the fucking lingerie set, like, about to get strapped on. And I don't want him to fucking see me, like, half there, like, naked Alex, like, not in my full getup yet. So I rip it off of my head and I chuck it into a fucking cabinet. And I'm just standing there looking, like, winded. I'm freaking out because I wanted it to be suave. You know what I mean? Like, if he had caught in a glimpse of me just putting on a fucking bralette, not not cute, not fun, not mysterious, and not a fucking surprise. He gets lotion on. He's like, okay, thanks. Walks back through into the bedroom. I'm like, okay. I grab the bralette again. I put the bralette on. And I have officially, because that motherfucker, everybody knows when you're putting on lingerie, it's like, get fucking ready. You cannot be high. You can't really be that fucked up. Like, you got to be in the zone to get your own lingerie on. I am about to clip in the bralette and go move down to the lower section. And I hear him again (laughs) be like, oh, fuck, I need more. (gasps) He needs more lotion. I have the bralette now fully strapped. I don't know what to do. And I couldn't throw on a fucking robe because the thing is a choker. So he would literally see it around my fucking neck. I rip it off. I thought I fucking broke it. And I chuck it back into the fucking cabinet. And I'm like, (gasps) I grab the bottle. I meet him at the door because I know the bralette didn't fully make it into the fucking cabinet. And I'm like, oh, here you go. He's like, oh, my elbows are a little dry. So now I'm like, it's not, it's not the move. Like now we're just like the, the vibe I can tell. He so does not think we're having sex tonight. We had sex the past four night he had been tired and I'm like fuck am I fucking this up but I knew it was also during Valentine's time so I knew I really wanted to do this for him and I was like no Alex and also this is a thing when you want to muster up that courage to do the lingerie and I'm not a fucking prude I'm just saying like it's a lot of work to like situate it and get it ready and and figure out like what is the vibe are we going super nasty like what is you have to envision literally the performance you're about to give and what you're doing and because you're you're in the lead you are in the power position you're the one coming to them in the outfit and you got to kind of signal what are you saying when you walk in the room do you know what I mean so I'm like fuck he's tired should I not do it I look myself in the mirror finally I'm like chuck the lotion at his head I'm like take it into the bedroom (laughs) and I finally have my alone time and I strap up I put this lingerie on and I feel good I finally make it to the bedroom And he looks up and it's the reaction every woman would want. He drops his phone on his lap and he's like, holy fucking shit. Get over here right now. And so we start hooking up. He decides to turn porn on and it was like a threesome situation. I'm watching it while he then goes down on me. And guys, the laundry I had on was like had the slits on your lips. So like you don't have to take it off. He can just like eat me out because there's a slit access to my vagina which I highly recommend because then that fucks up your whole outfit I didn't put work in and put this shit on for it to be taken off five fucking minutes later it's staying on the entire time during sex you are fucking me in this lingerie because at first he like moved it to the side and I was like no baby look and he didn't realize that like there was a full slit so he had access to it that's the point of the fucking lingerie I paid a lot of money for it use the fucking access tool okay don't cut the corners like it's normal underwear this shit is expensive I start with the Mona Lisa after he's eating me out and if you are my OG daddy gang you know what the Mona Lisa is to the newcomers let me explain because I do want to clarify I'm not getting off to a piece of artwork here with my boyfriend. The Mona Lisa, it's basically the perfect opportunity for a face fuck situation. So I'm laying down on the bed. I put a pillow underneath my head. So I have like a slight tilt up and you ask him, baby, come straddle me. The guy gets on top of you. 
and he plops his dick into your mouth. And if he doesn't understand what you're doing, he's like, what are we doing? You just grab him by like the back of his um, thighs and you kind of pull him closer, like, come here. And then he's going to obviously fucking get it. You take his dick with your fucking hand and guide that shit into your mouth like a popsicle. So the main point of the Mona Lisa is while he starts face fucking you, you are going to take your hands go down to your clit and you're going to start getting yourself off. I feel like a lot of times in a face fuck situation, it feels like it's all about the man and it's all about you trying to not fucking throw up or lose consciousness on his dick. Okay. But this opportunity is really actually more for you. And I know this sounds weird, but from experience, when I have a dick in my mouth and I'm trying to get myself off, there's something about that lack of air. (laughs) There's something about getting suffocated by a penis that I think it causes more blood flow to the clit. I'm not a scientist, but I swear to God, I have had orgasms better than just if I was rubbing my own clit. There's something about being basically asphyxiated by a dick and you rubbing that clit. There is something super hot about it and you're both getting off. And what is going to happen is naturally as you're getting yourself off on your clit, he's going to feel your moans on his dick, AKA the Mona Lisa. And you're going to attempt to make yourself come depending on what point in the sex you're at. So for me, this was just foreplay. I was not about to come, but I wanted to like edge myself there. So I start rubbing my clit, my boyfriend's fucking my face, all is well in the world. (laughs) Then my boyfriend and I have a mirror on the side of our bed. If you don't have a mirror in your bedroom that has easy access for you to fuck in front of it I highly suggest it ladies it has I'm not kidding you changed my sex life so after he's face fucking me and I'm rubbing my clit I take I like kind of like pull back and I'm like let's do 69 so we get into the 69 position but I purposefully set myself up so that my part of the 69 if I look up I'm the one facing the mirror And as I continue to suck and I'm deep throating and I'm going up and down, I'm watching myself and I start to get turned on. I personally think that there's such an opportunity to get turned on by sucking a dick, but it has to have the right stipulations around it. You can't be in a dark closet sucking and just being like, here I go. Like, no, you need to have that visual And so, of course, there's parts of me that get turned on whenever I suck my boyfriend's dick just because I know how much I'm pleasuring him. And then that in turn gets me horny and me turned on seeing him be turned on. But this specifically had kind of nothing. There could have been a random man behind me. I had a dick in front of me and I was watching my mouth go up and down and I was turning myself on by how I was sucking dick like I started to watch myself and I was getting 10 times more turned on being like oh fuck yes Alex like you look fucking not only great but like holy shit like I literally felt like I was watching my own version of porn so I don't know and I think listen to the people that don't like sucking their partner's penis and view it as a chore I get it I'm not like I fucking fantasize about that cock every day I cannot stop thinking about getting home off of work and just fucking shoving that thing in my mouth. Give it to me, daddy. No, I'm not. I'm like you guys. Listen, like I get it. Sometimes it actually does feel like a chore. But in this moment, it made me realize that if you're able to change the perspective you have on sucking your partner's dick, it can actually be another way to turn yourself on during foreplay and make yourself hornier and make yourself more into the sex. By building that arousal, it's going to be easier also for you to reach orgasm. I don't know. Give it a try and just see if you enjoyed it anymore. And I will say this. At first, you may feel a little awkward. I understand there are going to be some women that are like, oh, like I don't want to watch myself. My face looks weird. My eyes are watery. Like, no, I'm telling you, it's art. <laughs> It is art, okay? When you are, it's true. When you watch yourself, don't feel weird. That sex is supposed to be, you're in different positions. Your mouth, what do you think? Your mouth is gonna look so cute and dainty while you've got something fucking shoved in it? No, don't focus on that and don't be self-critical. In this moment, 
You are a bad fucking bitch. Enjoy watching yourself be fucking nasty. Watch the way that you're using your tongue and then your hand is jerking him up and down while you're simultaneously sucking the tip, swirling your tongue around the head. Then you wrap your fucking head down, get the balls in your mouth, pop both of them in and try to make eye contact with yourself. Look what that fucking mouth actually fucking do. See how hot you are dominating that shit. I'm telling you, while you watch yourself with an open mind, I know it seems fucking simple, but when you do this, you're going to be like, I am the king of this fucking cock. I am the king of this bedroom. Bow fucking down. Call me daddy, bitch. Okay, let's go. Hope that inspired you to relocate your mirror directly next to the bed next time you fuck. Enjoy. Okay, so daddy gang, I have recorded this podcast over the course of about four days. And when I started recording until now, there's been a lot of movement and I'm not talking bowel movements. (laughs) Nobody likes potty jokes. I had to. I have an announcement. Daddy gang. I bought a fucking house. It's literally crazy because I started this fucking episode. I'm like, I think we're going to start looking at houses. And I'm here to say that we already bought a fucking house. I know it seems fast. Um, It is pretty surreal. I don't even feel like it is happening. I still have to keep like looking at photos of it being like, wow, I'm going to move in here soon. Um, I'm officially in escrow, which I didn't even know what that word truly meant until I watched selling sunset. So, um, Christine Quinn did not sell me my house though, or Chriselle overall. I'm so fucking excited. And this is really the only place that you will be hearing about it. I will not be posting an Instagram picture with me And my boyfriend kissing, holding a sign with our keys saying, homeowners, the captions that are like, we did a thing. We bought our forever home together with my forever man. Like you will not be seeing that from me. Um, But I'm so excited. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. I'm in a good fucking mood. And so should you be because I know you're also leaving this fucking episode craving to suck some fucking dick. Okay, daddy gang, you know the motherfucking drill. I will see you fuckers next Wednesday.